It's episode 16 of the Blue Tent Breakdown Podcast. This is our weekly Chiefs-only episode. We have a fantasy-focused episode early in the week with instant reaction and waiver wire wants and needs, and then later in the week, your sit-start episode. But right now, we're only talking Chiefs week six going up against the Denver Broncos Thursday night football. We're here with Ethan, who is a licensed practicing uh, physical therapist, and uh, he's also is a certified athletic trainer, and, licensed and licensed. All of it, yeah, yeah, all he's of it. Highly qualified, <laughs> actual expert here to talk Chiefs versus the Broncos. I also want to talk dry needling towards the end of this episode because luckily it looks like it's going to be a short one for us. So we'll do that towards the end as well. But let's talk week six versus the Broncos. First, we got to go back to week five, Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. mid game. It was a weird situation because he didn't take a hit necessarily. Yep. Non-contact injury there. What did you see and what was your reaction? My initial reaction was a little bit worried because it looked like he was clutching for his knee and non-contact knee injuries are always pretty brutal. Um, After they re-showed the video and kind of slowed it down, you could see it was that ankle just kind of rolling out there. So it seems like it was a typical, like normal low ankle sprain. I know, I think it was Tony Romo or one of the announcers talked about it being a high ankle sprain Definitely okay. not. I mean, how well he was moving after after that second uh, or during the second half. Right. Was uh, looking really good. So. so he comes back, scores a touchdown, celebrates by jumping into a guy, does the shoulder bump thing. That convinced me that it wasn't that bad. Right. And now it, during the game, it just happened. Adrenaline. He's going to have some adrenaline going. Yeah. They probably got that thing wrapped up tight right away. So the swelling didn't start setting in too quick. Um, so he was probably feeling it more the next day than, than anything, but um, seems like he's going to be good to go. So Let me ask you real quick the difference between a high and a low ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. So a low ankle sprain typically is focused more on like the lateral or outside aspect of the ankle. Um, high ankle sprain gets kind of higher up into the leg where between the tibia and the fibula, the two bones in your lower leg, okay. there's some fascia in there. Um, that can get involved and kind of like it's similar to like a ligament strain Um, you're gonna or sorry sprain you're gonna get that that pull on it causing inflammation and stuff so it's just more tissue is involved in a high ankle sprain versus a low ankle sprain if i twist my ankle at home stepping over my dog Will I notice a difference or it just my ankle hurts? It depends on severity, I would imagine. Yeah, it does depend on severity. Um, if you've had a history of rolling your ankles, you might notice a difference okay. of like a normal like low ankle sprain. Um, you'll definitely notice a lot more pain and a lack of motion uh, with In a higher high. ankle sprain if you hadn't had one before. Um, a lot of people end up getting those chronic ankle sprains, yes. the chronic ankle instability, right. where they can almost like roll it, sprain it, and just keep going because everything's oh. so loose down there. So it is typical if you've, especially if you've had a lot of ankle sprains, you'll really notice if it's a different, that higher ankle sprain. He was limited in practice Tuesday, did not practice Monday. What do you think is going to happen well, Thursday? Monday was kind of a just up there in their right. estimate because they didn't practice at all anyway. They would, so it was just kind of putting out a list because oh, they had to. Sure. Um, granted, they probably wouldn't have practiced him on Monday just to let him rest. Um, from the videos I saw, he was moving pretty well still okay. um, yesterday even with the limited. So I would assume he's going to be good to go. I mean, 
from a coach's standpoint, it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to let him rest with this one. They could probably get by without him. But Travis Kelsey being the the competitor that he is, right. I'm sure he's going to want to be out there on the field. So. Any concern that that's his second leg injury of the year? Not necessarily. That that turf there was pretty rough. I mean, you saw a couple injuries from people slipping and sliding on that. I'm sure you guys talked about Justin yeah. Jefferson already, yeah. but that was a big non-contact strain there too. So, you know, just going to fuel up that turf versus grass debate <laughs> a little bit more there. But yeah, not too worried about okay, it. Okay, good. Other than that, again, we say it, we've been lucky. The only two other players limited were Nick Bolton and that's been ongoing. Yep. George Karloftis with a hamstring issue. I would assume both those guys end up being good to go. Nick Bolton, right, has been having the issue, but continues to play. Yeah, I would assume so too. Um, the only thing would be, again, just because with Drew Tranquil playing as good as he is, um, and this being a game where ideally we shouldn't need Nick Bolton, right. they might go ahead and give him that extra rest. Um, it would be a good game to kind of ease him back into things too, though. So right. he's good to go. They might probably put him out there. George Karloftis with the hamstring. Is that a newer situation? I mean, it is. He wasn't yeah. even on the list last week that I remember. So I'm pretty sure it must have just happened during the game. I didn't see him get pulled right. or anything. So probably just a, a mild uh, strain there. Chiefs looking pretty healthy. Let's look on the other side of the field. DJ Jones, a defensive tackle. Knee did not practice Monday. Frank Clark did not practice on Tuesday. It says illness. Yeah, and I know we saw that on and off all through the years that he was here in Kansas City. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was some GI issues or things that he had going on that would kind of take him in and out of practices. And sometimes, I remember he got pulled in the middle of a game one wow. time because of this, something flared up on him. So don't know the exact details of that, but that's probably more of like a day-to-day -day thing. So right. he may or may not be playing, kind of depending on how it's doing. I got to think he wants to play against the Chiefs. I would think so. Well, you know, or maybe he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Defensive tackle DJ Jones with a knee, did not practice Monday or Tuesday, probably not a good sign. And several other guys for the Broncos listed as limited this week that includes tight end greg dolchich a defensive tackle mike purcell but that's ribs so we think outside of a horrible rib injury that he wouldn't have been limited if it was a rib injury so bad he wasn't going to play correct so with ribs it's probably a contusion and we assume that he'll play potentially right yeah, yeah. Um, we're just making assumptions here because obviously teams aren't as full with the information as we'd like yeah. the interesting one I think maybe on the Broncos side the most impactful one outside of Frank Clark is Javante Williams mm -hmm. who's had a quad injury was limited Monday full practice on Tuesday they thought maybe he could come back last week yeah. looks like he'll be good to go Thursday night a very good running back yes but you want to talk about injury issues, missed 70% of last year, comes no. back, quad injury. Connection or no? Uh, it's hard to know without all the details behind all. It could have just been a fluke thing. It could have been some something you know lingering on from that injuries uh, from last year that kind of put a little extra load on that quad, caused right. it to get overworked too. Again, without being right there with them, it's hard to know for sure. But, but that's something I'm learning from you guys is that sometimes – Maybe the ankle is messed up, but it ends up causing problems in the quad or the knee. Mm -hmm. Just because the ankle doesn't hurt doesn't mean that's not where all the problems originate. Exactly. We kind of forget the old kindergarten song, you know, learn the hip bones connected to the knee right. bone. But really, our body is just one big chain reaction. So if 
Um, it's going to break down at the weakest part. Doesn't always necessarily mean that's the most dysfunctional part, though. So, and when you start thinking back to his injuries, what did that do to the quad, um, and what kind of situation did that put it in over the last, you know, year while he's been working on it? Obviously, they're going to have the best resources. So right. I assume, you know, it's not super connected, but at the same time, I would like to see him run out there. Yeah. I want to see the Chiefs stop him. Yeah. Speaking of the Chiefs stopping him, um, you brought up something earlier. I found the article on Arrowhead Addict about the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. This is hard to believe. Yeah. It's September 17th, stats. 2015. Since the Broncos beat the Chiefs, the Broncos have won a Super Bowl. Which mm -hmm. is kind of hard to believe. This is so right. long. 11 quarterbacks have lined up under center for the Broncos since they last beat the Chiefs. How many of those 11 do you think you could name? Oh my gosh. Uh, maybe if you're in Paxton Lynch. Yep. Uh, Trevor Simeon. Yep. Uh, Cutler. Uh, was that before Peyton? That might have been before because he's not on the list. Okay. Some so you, Peyton as well. Those are three. Oh my gosh! I mean, obviously Russell Wilson. That's and, four. Uh, gosh, I the kid from Lee Summit, uh, Drew yep. Locke. Drew Locke. Yep. Yep. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yep. Uh, you could name probably half of them, but I won't put you fully to the test. <laughs> um, Brock Osweiler, okay, Case yep. Keenum, Joe Flacco, what? Brandon Allen, Jeff that. Driscoll, Brett Ripien, Kendall Hinton, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. It's hard to believe they haven't won a bunch of Super Bowls with this lineup of killers under center. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Brett Ripien and uh, Brandon Allen. Uh, <laughs> they said that George Karloftis, last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, was a 14-year-old freshman kicker that had just moved here from Greece. How oh, wild wow. is that? that people, is. people are out here walking around with an iPhone 5. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we get to dry needling, looks like good news, quite healthy on both sides of the football, which is good for the yep. Chiefs. Yep. Here we go with the spread and the total. Make your call. Ten and a half. The Chiefs are ten and a half point favorites. The total, 47 and a half. What do you do there? I always feel like the Chiefs keep it closer than they should with games, um, but you proved me wrong last week that they've <laughs> actually beat the spread more than I thought. So yeah. Even with it being a divisional game and everything, the Broncos are in such a disarray. I got to say, they, they've got to hit that right. spread, I would think. So let me rewind the Broncos' season. They gave up 70 <laughs> to the Dolphins. They gave up 35 to the Commanders, gave up 28 to the Bears, and 31 to the Jets and Zach Wilson. You got to take, <laughs> you gotta take mean, the points and yeah, the over. Yeah, you really do on, on this. It, it's hard to believe that they won't win by more than two touchdowns. At home? At home, NKC. I mean, Broncos were talking about getting rid of people already yes. this year and stuff. So they're, they're uh, in a little bit of a, a mess right now. They 100% so. are. Okay, so... Now that we got that, and luckily everybody's uh, healthy, should be a good game Thursday night football. I want to talk about dry needling real quick yeah. um, because we heard on his podcast, Travis Kelsey said, quote, I'm a big dry needling guy. And I know from being here in the clinic, when people you know experience dry needling, they love the results. Often they come back. Yep. My general take on it is it's not widely known. 
as something that a lot of people are doing. We do it a lot here. Yep. You guys are all extra certified and they're constantly training on dry needling, but it's a, it's a newer thing as far as I can tell, meaning we kind of had to get the laws straightened out in yep. the state. Our clinic was first clinic in Kansas to do dry needling. Uh, Drew and Kim uh, went down to Topeka and uh, got all the laws in place, made sure we were good to go with that. So for somebody that hasn't heard of dry needling before, maybe even outside of just the Travis Kelsey quote, um, mm. what's your short explainer on what it is it's just using a really thin needle a monofilament needle it's uh so thin you usually don't even notice it going in we go into the dysfunction of the muscle um with the needle and what it does is cause a twitch response or a little mini spasm in that knot um what that does is it releases a lot of chemicals that are built up in there that can cause pain and dysfunction in the muscle or not working correctly uh, and it improves blood flow in there improves the healing response kicks that in and it can oftentimes lead to a significant reduction in pain immediately and improved range of motion, strength, all of that. So it's a really fast way to get that muscle to calm down, essentially. When Travis Kelsey talks about doing it after an injury or just recovery, he's doing it for both? You can, yeah, yeah, you can do it for both. Um, after an injury, a lot of times, whether it's a strain, um, sprain, any really anywhere there's pain, our muscles tend to tighten up and lock up the area. It's kind of our natural... Uh, protection mechanism for the area and so you can do it for an injury to recover get those muscles calm down let things get the blood flowing a lot better mm. um right away and then just recovery wise i mean those football players again <laughs> right i talk about this a lot this uh, podcast but um just with how much abuse they take their bodies are getting beat up they're getting a lot of those muscles uh, jammed up tightened knotted up and that can be a really great way to get it released and get them going back to practice sooner than uh, it would normally take. When you hear Cooper Cup with a hamstring, is your assumption that he's doing dry needling on top of a bunch of other stuff? I would hope that's part of it because that can be a huge help, especially with those muscle uh, strains, those chronic strains and um, and even acute strains. You can get it going and really get that muscle coming back a little quicker with the dry needling technique. I think George Kittle even mentioned it recently, but you don't have to be a professional athlete. When would some just normie well, i don't know when would your average american end up using it do you think so i think it could be more beneficial or more often beneficial for people than they realize a lot of times people are like oh and i move my shoulder it hurts i walk up and down stairs it hurts they always go to the joints or nerves and think that's a problem but a lot of times it's just your muscles that are causing pain and the dry needling again it's a quick easy way to get that pain relief right away so it's a really short easy treatment to do Easy on my end, I should say. It's not comfortable during <laughs> right. it with those spasms that happen during uh, the twitch response. But overall, I mean, if it hurts to move and you can get in to see a specialist, they can assess whether it is like a joint or bony issue um, or not. But if it's a muscular issue, it can be solved really quick. So yeah, it can be something where it's just like, it hurts when I walk. It hurts when I pick my kid up, something like that. So yeah, you don't have to be an elite athlete to right. get these type of treatments. They can be even more beneficial really for uh, more of the, you know, normal Joe Schmo. So when I come in for dry needling, how long is a typical session? So initially we do the full evaluation. Yeah. So it takes a little bit longer, but we actually only block 15 minutes for dry needling. Really? Um, most time people don't want to do more than that anyway, because yeah. it is a little uncomfortable. Can do more than that, especially if you're hitting multiple areas or multiple muscles. But if it was specified down to one or two particular muscles, 10, 15 minutes is about all it would take. It's good enough for Travis Kelsey. It's good enough for me, right? right? <laughs>
wonder if Taylor Swift is now into training. <laughs> Obviously, everything has to come back around right. to her. We love the Chiefs this week. We love that they're healthy. Maybe some people sit for some extra rest because it's the Broncos, but we also want to keep this streak going. So don't forget our third episode of the week. The sit-start episode will happen with Josh on Friday as we think about our fantasy teams and we have the latest on the practice reports and the injury reports for Ethan, for Josh, for Luke, our other co-hosts, and everybody at True Move. By the way, I will put the dry needling link to our page in the show notes because I think that'd be a good um, way for everybody to learn about it. But for everybody involved, um, we appreciate you finding us and joining us on Facebook. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blue Tent Breakdown Podcast. 